passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. What's up, Knicks fans? It is a hard Knicks life. We're available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can find the best seats and tickets at the best prices for all your favorite sporting events, concerts, and shows with SeatGeek. Use promo code HARDNICKSLIFE, all caps, for $20 off your first purchase. It is a hard Knicks life. This is episode 50. In the early 90s, I and many others fell in love with a team that embodied everything our city stood for. The toughness, the heart, the fight. But we've fallen on hard times, and we went from throwing the punches to taking them. The New York Knicks are irrelevant to basketball. Hey, Ernest, seriously, why are we showing the Knicks? (laughs) Yet through it all, my commitment hasn't wavered. I watch every game hoping that one day, just maybe, that team that didn't back down from anybody That team that shook the garden every time it played, that team that I fell in love with, returns. But until that day, it's a hard Knicks life. Barry! What's up, Craig? Knicks basketball is back. It is back, but Barry, first, in honor of David Fisdale's comments about not wanting to box in any players to specific roles or positions, I've been thinking, I think we should unbox Barry. How do you feel about that? It depends where you're going with this. It means, Barry, we're going to take you a little bit out of your comfort zone. You're going to speak some different languages today. That's coming later, guys. But now, you're going to tell everyone what's on today's show. Today's show, we're going to get into Summer League, of course. You know, it's the first chance we're getting to glimpse of Knox and Robinson and Trier um, and what this team may start to look like, at least in bits and pieces. We're going to get into, as you said, Fisdale, some of the comments he's been making in regards to how he sees this team going, some lineups that we may not be used to, utilizing players to their potentials that he sees in them, and just uh, mixing it up a little bit. (laughs) What do you mean mixing it up a little bit? He's going to mix it up. He may oh, play, he uh, He's going to mix it up a little bit. thought we were going to mix it up. No, he's going to mix it up. He's going to play, you know, who knows if he's, you know, talking right. some BS or not, but possibly uh, potentially having three seven-footers on the floor at the same time. And everyone takes everything Fizdell says very seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he made a few comments this week about, uh, what do you say? He didn't want to pigeonhole Frank into being just a point guard. He's going to handle the ball for him for sure, a lot, he said. But he's also going to play with point guards. So then who's the point guard then? And he makes those comments. And all the Frank haters, 
and there are a lot of them, immediately said, oh, there's the proof Fizdale doesn't think Frank is a point guard. <laughs> has nothing to do with what Fizdale thinks of Nilakina. It has to do with what Fizdale thinks of today's NBA, where he thinks he can get the most strength from his team, and he sees it by showing different options throughout the game. Yeah, he doesn't want to pigeonhole anyone. In fact, in Fizdale's system, if you can only play the point, that's a bad thing. That's right. It's not that he doesn't think Frank is going to be a point guard or could start at point guard, but it's just that he knows Frank can do other things. And he doesn't want Frank to just wait for the ball every time down the court, always feel like he needs to bring the ball up, always stay back. He just wants him to play ball. That's right. It's not. It's less of Fizdale trying to limit Nilakina's supposed weakness, and it's more about bringing out and utilizing all of his strengths. Is he a point guard, Barry? He is a point guard. No, there's no positions anymore. (laughs) You tricked me there. Hey, Barry, it's it's episode 50 today. That's exciting. Uh, The fans are excited. And our producer, you know who that is? No. (laughs) That's not you? There is no producer. (laughs) But um, hold on, let me turn this shit off. That mysterious producer reached out to some celebrities, and we actually got some celebrities wishing us, you know, congratulations. Oh, this is great. Pretty exciting. See if you recognize who this is. Congratulations. It's an amazing accomplishment. Um, You inspire us. You inspire us all. We're so proud of you. We salute you. Keep going. All the best. Love. Can you believe that, Barry? Who is that? J fucking Z. (laughs) Love. Who else, who else is showing their love? LeBron James's wife. Congratulations. I am so proud of you. Beyond proud. I know the work that you put in day in and day out to be able to work at this high level and keep doing what you do because you got it. She must have missed the fuck you LeBron episode. Nope. She loved that. That's one of her favorite ones. Great. Yeah. I did not take these from any kind of like uh, LeBron tribute video. Of course not. All right, let's get right to it, Barry. Vegas Summer League has begun. Barry, we should give a disclaimer here, right? We're going to talk about these games, analyze them way too much. It's just Summer League. Right, Barry? Yes. We're all excited for a chance to see some guys, but the games mean nothing. When Nilakina, Knox, or Mitchell Robinson aren't playing, Barry, it's awful. (laughs) You can pretty much turn like that entire second quarter off. At least it gives you a glimpse to the type of player they could be and some of the skills that they may have. Maybe. It's just <laughs> nice to see these guys playing ball. So we have uh, we had two games back-to-back. Game one was Saturday night. Game two, Sunday night. Start off with Atlanta, Barry. First of all, Kevin Knox made a great first impression on the entire world, which is relieving because we're so used to having rookies that seem like they're projects or need a lot of work. But it was great that we have a rookie who actually had a great first game, a great first basket, Barry. Yeah, monster dunk. End to end. Looked like Giannis out there. Threw it down. Ben Siemens. Ben Siemens. Ben Seaman. <laughs> even. I'm sorry. Bill Simmons gave us lots of love. He said, congrats to Knicks fans on Kevin Knox. I try hard not to overact to Summer League, which is a great idea. But it's clear he's an ideal two-way wing for whatever the NBA is now. Very polished for his age already. Knox finished 8 for 20, 22 points, 8 boards, 2 assists, a steal. 
one block. He just definitely seems ready for the NBA game, Barry. That's exciting. Looks comfortable out there. His shot wasn't even falling, but it looked like it was on for the most part. His three-point shot was one for seven, but like you said, they weren't, you know, they weren't bad misses. Uh, he was able to get himself to the line, which is great. Um, I think he's going to be a terrific rebounder, too. He always seems to get in position on the defensive end for the big board. Had that long alley-oop from Dotson. Yeah. Seems to finish really well going to the bucket. Like, gets, even with traffic, gets that ball over his head and just does a two-hand slam down very easily. And uh, I think that was the most impressive thing for me for Knox was how easy the game seemed to come to him. He didn't even look like he was going all out. Well, that was the big knock on him coming out of Kentucky was that he doesn't look like he's going all out, right? That he looks sleepish. That was the uh, you know the big negative criticism on him. Uh, Mitchell Robinson looked nice in that first game too. Yeah, no, he looked great. He had what, four blocks that game. He had four blocks. He should have had five, and they were some nasty blocks. He had nine points, eight boards, 27 minutes. He's so active defensively, it's great to see. He's like the opposite of Cantor. Right. Right. He had that dunk at the end of the game. Somehow he had one dribble, six steps, and a windmill dunk. <laughs> a little different than Ennis Cantor laboring down the court. Cantor's in, his, in, in like quicksand, and Mitchell Robinson is like floating in the clouds. Yeah, I mean, you could tell he's just going to be cleaning up off the glass on the offensive end. You know, when he misses, he's just going to throw it down. Uh, whenever he does get the ball underneath, he's really quick. So that's really good. Obviously, he's got, you know, a little bit of rust um, just from a competitive gameplay standpoint, but that's going to come. And I think he could definitely be a big-time player. I don't think I'm over-hyping it. No, I, I, I agree. He's got to get stronger and... His conditioning has to get better, everyone keeps saying, but he hasn't played ball in over a year, so that's going to come. There's a lot of also missed opportunities with Robinson, I noticed, when like he had a, you know, he, he would do a pick and roll, he'd roll towards the basket, and he was calling for the alley-oop, and they, there was a few times they just wouldn't give it to him, um, but it was like right there. So I think we're going to see a lot of that uh, this season where, where he will connect. Yeah, when everyone gets, once everyone gets comfortable with him, they, they just need to throw it up there. Even when he's not pointing. If you don't know what to do with it, just chuck it up towards him. That's it. And he's probably going to get it. One guy who a lot of people think still isn't getting it is Frank Nilakina after that first game, Barry. I don't know. Uh, he had, he finished two for seven in that game, had five points, five assists, a few boards, a couple steals. Barry, he had a couple ridiculous defensive highlights. I know that doesn't get everyone excited. His defense continues to impress, absolutely. But he did not look good. Um, I mean, even his passing was just awful that first game. Just telegraphing the passes, a lot of really bad decisions. Yeah, very hesitant, just like we've seen him in the past. You could tell he's overthinking it, so even when he's going to bounce a pass to someone down the lane, like he's hesitating, and then the defender reads it and picks it off. Uh, Nilakina took a lot of heat after that game, Barry. Everyone getting on him. People were saying on Twitter... You know, his arms look bigger, but everything else looks the same as last year. Barry, isn't that ridiculous? Yes, last, ridiculous. <laughs> everyone's judging him on his first summer league game as if he's had an entire offseason to get better. Are you that surprised that he's about the same player that we saw three months ago? What fucking change was the world <laughs> expecting in three months? They expected a totally different player. Did you expect a totally different player, Barry? No, no. For the first game of Summer League? 
I mean, this is pretty much supposed to be the start of the offseason. It's not the end. You're absolutely right. You can't rush to judgment. He struggled for a lot of that game offensively, Barry, but when it counted in the final four minutes, Frank, in my mind, came up pretty big. Knicks were up 76-75. Frank comes in following some nice plays from Trey Young to pull the Hawks within one. And just as he comes in, he drives to the hoop for an easy Mitchell slam. And then the next play sends a deep, long pass to Knox for another slam. And then he also had a bucket and a free throw himself, a nice turnaround bucket in the lane and a free throw later on. Nilakina was solely responsible for seven points in those final four minutes. And when you can do that, Barry, and clamp down on Trey Young like he did when it counted, how can you say that he was had just an awful first game? You can't. Well, if you're allowed to praise him and give him credit for the things he did well, you got to give people the opportunity to bash him for the things he did wrong. Well, they certainly bashed. Let's listen to uh, Fizdale's comments after that first game. I thought we played hard, uh, made some mistakes, uh, but it's good. We got we got the first game out of the way now. The nervous jitters are gone. Uh, we got something to show them on film now. Uh, so I was happy with it. Kevin looked aggressive from the from the drop. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've been uh, preaching it to him from the beginning. Um, you know, every possession he's live. Uh, and, and, you know, he's a good decision maker, so we know he won't take too many bad shots, but he'll still uh, get up enough shots. He competed. Yeah, he competed. Trey's a heck of a player. Um, you know, he's crafty. He's, he's elusive. He's got that thing where he could pull up at any point on you, and I just felt like Frank really took the challenge and competed hard against him and made it as difficult as possible. No, I thought he. I thought especially late. I thought he really attacked, got into the front of the rim, made some good plays to Mitchell, got an and one there. Um, you know, again, it's going to be a, be aggressive, but I don't want him getting to a point where he stops being who he is. Um, you know, I know everyone has this vision of what he should be, but he's got some things that he already does well that he brings to the table. I still want him to keep those attributes while being aggressive. So I really like the way he played this game today. See, so Fizdale liked what he saw in Knox, loved what he saw in Mitchell, and then also loved what he saw in Nilakina Barry. He said he doesn't want Nilakina to totally change his game. He thinks he was aggressive when it counted, like we talked about. You know, he doesn't expect a totally different player. He knows he's not going to be an uber-aggressive guy offensively. But he just wants him to be more aggressive and more confident. Fizdale's like Mr. Positivity. I don't think he's going to really tell you too much negative stuff he saw. I mean, at least we haven't seen that side of him yet. Right, he's developing these guys, so he's, you know, even if he thought Nilakina sucked, he's not going to say it to the media. No, and I don't think he would, you know, through any part of this season. He knows he's got so much rope this entire year. This year is essentially an exhibition, you know, for the Knicks, the entire year, leading into the following season. So, you know, obviously they're going to try to win. He's going to develop them. He's going to try to create that winning mentality, which is great. But ultimately, there's no consequences. There may be consequences for the players as far as, you know, losing their starting, you know, starting lineup privileges and, you know, different opportunities of playing time, that sort of thing. But as far as he's concerned, he's going to be the head coach, you know, regardless. Right. What are the chances that he asks Mario Hazonia to tell Frank Nilakini he's playing like a pussy? Oh, there's a great chance. There is a great chance of that? No. No, absolutely not. That's what Hornacek would have done. But then we move on to game two, Barry. Wait, you're skipping over a couple of Knicks. 
Uh, who, who do you want to talk about? You could talk about Troy Williams. He continues to hustle. He continues to show effort at both ends, diving for balls. Uh, we're really going to talk about Troy. It's like, what's, it's, what year is this in his league, in the league for Troy Williams? He shouldn't be playing summer league. Hey, th- this New York Knicks is a team of second chances, man. <sighs> you really want to talk and about Troy Williams. I wanted to give him that sentence, and I got it in. All right? He deserves that much. All right. I do you want to talk about Daniel Ochefu? Or no, Alonzo but I would Trier? say I, I'll talk about Alonzo Trier. I mean, I thought he he looked good to me. He he creates off the dribble. He creates his own shot. He can he can drive to the uh, to the basket. I thought he had glimpses of a lot of promising stuff. All right, I like this new unboxed Barry. You just I was ready to move on. You're like fuck you. I'm talking about Troy Williams and Alonzo Trier. That's right. If I got something to say, I'm going to say it. Say it. We're not pigeonholing you, Barry. Thanks, Craig. What do you want to talk about next? Just lead the way. Well, I've been thinking about this rule in the NBA. No, I'm just kidding. Let's go to game two. (laughs) Thank God. The Frank fans got a nice show in the first half. They did. Right, Barry? Started off strong. 13 points in the first half. Some nice drives to the basket. Some stop-and-go drives. He had that spin in the paint with that teardrop shot. He was way more aggressive in this game, Barry. He was really good with those turnaround moves all around the basket. You know, taking zero three-point attempts in game one to shooting five three-pointers in in game two. You know, only making one one of them, but no hesitation. Yeah, he ended up finishing with 17 points, six assists. You know, I'm sure the haters are still going to rip on him. I I saw someone tweet out that a few of his assists were were just passes to big men down low for an easy finish. Uh, Is that, Barry, what is that about? Say that again? I was reading something. You were reading something. <laughs> just looking at something. What were you reading? I'm I'm just looking over the box score here. You know who was a plus six? <laughs> you, we Troy cannot, Williams. Okay, we can't talk about plus minus in summer league. Doesn't matter. <laughs> plus six. That's right. We gotta box you back up. <laughs> Here's some comments from Frank after the game. Um, yeah, definitely. I was trying to be uh, more aggressive than the first game. Uh, I knew the first game was uh, kind of uh, a first game, so uh, it was kind of like uh, getting back in the rhythm. Uh, Of course, I was trying to run the team and got the win, obviously. So uh, I I just told myself, uh, be back on the second game, be more aggressive, and and, uh, just see what happens. But uh, we didn't have the win, so, man, we'll be back uh, Tuesday stronger. Been trying to add any anything to your game. I mean, like with the workouts, whether it was in France or back in New York here. Like, is there anything particular you've been trying to work on? Just my offensive skills uh, in general. Uh, just the things that allow me to be aggressive uh, uh, during a game. Uh, of course, uh, kind of show something, a little thing uh, tonight. Uh, but uh, of course, I got to keep on working and and uh, be more aggressive and be more efficient. What do you like with Coach, uh, how he's been, you know, t- preaching to you to stay aggressive? Uh, I like it. Um, it's kind of different. It helped me also because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a player who, think, who thinks a lot on the court, who thinks about uh, running the team, getting the ball to the players, and, and sometimes not being aggressive for myself and also being aggressive uh, to open up more for my teammates. So uh, it helps me uh, doing that and seeing the game in another way. Uh, getting my mind a little more free on the court. And uh, he tells me enough confidence. And I see it when I'm on the court that he's going to help me even more. Kevin Knox had another, I mean, he did not shoot well, Barry. 
five for 15, but he was one for seven at the half. In the second half, he finished four of eight, hit a couple threes right out the gate in the second half, Barry. Looked way more comfortable. Ended up finishing with 19 points, five boards. Again, I don't even know when he got all those points. He just made it look easy. He seems to score in bunches. Yep, he continued to get himself to the line, and he, he went seven for eight from the free throw line. Another great highlight dunk. Mitchell Robinson had 16 fouls. <laughs> That's right. He, was it 16? He, well, I think he picked up his fifth foul in the first half, I believe. He had seven fouls, dude, but give the kid a break. He had 12 points and 11 boards. And that's the first back-to-back games he's played in probably forever. You know who drove me a little crazy during this game? Greg Anthony. Oh, did he? he I mean, he was giving killing Frank a little bit, right? He talked about the potential Frank had, but he would always sort of like diss him during the game, like say, well, you, you know, if you're a high-level point guard, you should be taking that three when it's open. You know, you should be creating space. Off the dribble, you should be getting into the lane, being aggressive, right? But he was basically saying Frank isn't that high-level point guard. And then the times that Frank did take it upon himself to take yes, that shot, you noticed he'd find that ways, too. Yeah, he would find a way <laughs> right. to criticize it. He's like, you know, I'm happy that he took the initiative, but he had a man open on the, you know, in the corner, or he should have developed right. it a different way. Yeah, Frank had this nice crossover dribble, created some space, took like a a 15 footer, and Greg Anthony is like, Kevin Knox had a mismatch. Frank should have right. found him. <laughs> yeah. he'll, 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 he'll learn that. He'll learn that in time. <laughs> you do later on in the game, Frank has a wide open three. And, I, and he takes it. And then Greg Anthony says, Ochefu had the mismatch. Frank should have given it to Ochefu. Fucking Ochefu, Barry. <laughs> Ochefu's a fucking seat filler. Yeah, he, uh, you, you should give the ball to Ochefu because he had a point guard on him when you're wide open for the three. Dude, the hate is real. Alonzo Trier in that second game, Barry, shot four for 16. Oof. He didn't have a good offensive performance. I mean, there was that one. He he did he did take it hard to the rim on that one uh, what was going dunk on attempt there? that he just got blocked. God bless Alonzo Trier, but he had no shot at doing anything with that. <laughs> that guy was a wall. <laughs> was he that stone? Like, that was diamond stone. Yeah. It was literally like he palmed the ball and just banged it right into a brick wall. Diamond Stone was named after a strip club. Did you know that? I'm trying to think of a witty comeback <laughs> to that line. Hold on. Who's another NBA player that could have been named after a strip club? Oh, we should do our top five NBA players that have strip club-like names. We're not going to find anyone else, are we? No, prob- probably not. <laughs> What a stupid idea. <laughs> Why did we think we'd be able to come up with a bunch of names right on the spot? Well, I was just trying to think of one. You thought you could think of five. That was ambitious. That was very ambitious. Scrolling through the rosters of the NBA right now as fast as I can. Oh, wait, here's one. Oh, this is a good one. There's a rusty knocker. <laughs> what? Yes. <laughs> Plays for Minnesota. Rusty knocker. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> That's going to do it for the show today, guys. Remember, you can reach out to us. It's a hardnickslife at gmail.com. Twitter handle is at hardnickslife. You can call our number, 516-33-MESH1. We've got a great new thing going right now. Nobody has called, but we are 
creating a new open for next season. And Barry, I want the fans to be a part of it. Yeah, why shouldn't they be? We all live the hard next life together. So I want somebody, please somebody call. 516-33-MESH-1. I want you to read this script. I want you to say, Hi, my name is whatever your name is. I've been a Knicks fan for X amount of years, whatever, however long you've been a damn fan. And I want you to say, it's a hard Knicks life. And it's going to be great when it all comes together, Barry. If anybody fucking calls, which I don't know if they are. Maybe, Barry, you'll call in. Next game, Tuesday against the Lakers. And then, if we're good enough, I think there's some sort of summer league playoffs that happens. And in honor of our 50th episode, Barry has learned how to say It's a Hard Knicks Life in five different languages. Yes, Craig. Representing countries where there are current It's a Hard Knicks Life listeners. Barry, give it to me. Es una vida difícil de los Knicks. <laughs> there was no passion in that, Barry. Say it like you fucking mean it. Es una vida difícil de los Knicks. Next one. Es una vida de Knicks. Next one. Uh-huh, keep going. It is a hard Knicks life, motherfuckers. But Knicks basketball is back. Kind of. That was too much, right, Barry? No, you brought it back with the kind of. All right. You brought us back down to earth. It's a hard Knicks life. Until next time. Peace out, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.